begins now. Capital 263. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I'm Tawanda Henry Beatty. And yeah, welcome to the best political podcast uh, on the continent. Um, in the country. Uh, once you've said um, the continent, Zato Ningirgini, number one in the country, obviously. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, just uh, winter is here, guys, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> And winter is here, my friend, and it's cold out winter, there. Bruh. It's cold out here, and it seems the it seems the north remembers, my friend. <laughs> it's cold out there, even for our political um, individuals, like a one did Masumtasa. It's cold out there. It's cold in the winter. <laughs> um, oh wow! Yeah. No, to, to, Today we have, uh, I think our guests are always special, but um, yeah, today we have another guest, another special guest. I think I'm going to have to find more adjectives. Um, yeah, because special guest, yeah. <laughs> it's become meaningless like doctor. <laughs> <laughs> we might have a doctor next week. Please don't say that. <laughs> Unless he's a medical doctor. Like, uh, Wow, okay. I hope he's not listening to this episode because I know, but we'll ask him about his doctorate when he comes. Anyway, yes, we do have a guest. Today is the 19th of July, Wednesday, 19th of July, we're recording. Um, yeah, welcome to our guest, Upenyuma Koni Matenga. Yeah, Upenyuma Koni Matenga, double barrel surname. Yes, because I wanted to retain my identity too. Okay, I'm important too. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Welcome to our show. Thank I, you. I put out a request in the group and yeah. she was like, when? And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> people, everyone tells us our gender balance on your show is not happening. It's crap, hey? Wait, can I say that? Yeah, no, it's fine. Okay, you can say good. what I mean. Oh, I can. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. People are going yes, to find out It's free to say it. Capital 263 is free, free to, to say, say it. Free, free to, to do it. Okay. Yeah. Good. But anyway, I don't yeah. know what the doing is, though. <laughs> Just vote. <laughs> that's the doing. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, no, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's uh, a good one, actually. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so tell um, us about So, yeah, you, tell please. us about yourself. Um, okay. Uh, I work at Childline during the day. I'm the communications officer. We just came back from Gokwe doing um, humanitarian assistance for the flood victims that were affected in December up to March. Um, at night, late late at night, I run TEDx Harare, and I co-founded an entrepreneurship program called Level Up with a few friends. It's running now. This is our first cycle, and we're hoping to do another cycle later on this year. I also run Global Entrepreneurship Week programming in November's every year, and um, I'm a mom. That's it. Wow. Okay. That's <laughs> uh, uh, Where do you find the time? <laughs> You tell me. I yeah, don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's between, incredible. Between my nine to five and politics and beyond, that's just it. Like after that, I'm I'm spent. Yeah. Like, well, to be yeah, fair, I have a I, great group of um. I have a great support system. So Level Up, for instance, is run by somebody called Mutsa Samuel Kajese. Okay. He, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's the one who's running with that. I just you know I'm the pretty face <laughs> that you see on occasion. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. Fantastic. Um, do you know how to teach me how to make money? Because, um, <laughs> <for> entrepreneurship is, <laughs> I'm very interested in that. return on investment. You see, the thing is actually, no, Henry's, Henry's, um, on the right track because, uh, our, Producers have started to knock on our door and say, "Ah, you guys have been running for a few months now. Yes. This thing has to start making money." Oh. Saka, you see, we're we're in a bit of a quandary, and ah. um, how to monetize? Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. just follow in the footsteps of the greats, like Ruveniko, for instance, who I think has figured out how to monetize her thing on Facebook. Sell advertising space. And sell paid advertising spots. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. So when you guys rolled around, I was like, yes. Finally, somebody was using the medium that I understand the most, which is radio. In fact, speaking about paid advertising space, that's something that my producer has asked me to put out there to the public. <laughs> it's actually a thing that uh -huh. we are 
that we're doing now. So um, if you're interested, please get in touch with us, capital263 at gmail.com. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, we'll definitely be making a proper ad for our show that we'll be plugging in whilst you're listening. Um, today, but you're doing it wrong, though. How am I supposed to do it? Why are you assuming that your market for advertising is the same as your market for your content? It's never the same. You see, this is why you're doing you it see, wrong. This is, this is why. You see, this is why. This is why it's good to have you here. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly yeah. that. The two things are never the same. Okay. I can love what you do, but I'm not going to give you sixty thousand dollars for sixty seconds, right? Fair enough. Right. The person you need to figure out a way to reach the market for advertising space and sell your market for content to that person. Onai, I hope you're listening because um, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. These are some 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 great tips. Yeah, but and knowledge for free, man. Knowledge and knowledge for, for knowledge free. Knowledge for free. Yes, and yes. knowledge for free. But you're an enterprise, right? Yes. I'm yeah. in the business of helping enterprises, sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, figure I, it out. You can please don't take a PowerPoint. I, they don't get. I think we need to start thinking of ourselves as an enterprise. I think that's. Uh, but aren't we all small businesses? We, Aren't we, we? Are. Yeah. yeah. Even we TEDx is, is a small product, enterprise. Yeah. yeah, this is a product. Yeah, it's a product. So, so, so. figure it out. So, not when you product, I'm done. One of the 2.2 million jobs created. That's why I'm going to get my jobs. I'm going to get my jobs. I'm going to get Somebody sends psychology wow. and a tweet. 2.2 and 3 jobs created. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, speaking about psychology, that's one of the talking points that we are going to get into today, this issue of the jobs. We're also going to speak about Zek. Um, it's put out a budget that they need 2 million 700, no? What is Two, it? Yeah. On that, Jacob Zuma, you heard me and the numbers are not <laughs> happening today. And then also, my Makarao uh, said something about uh, women... Sh- should ask their husbands for a letter so Ooh. that they can register to, to, to vote. Yeah. To vote. Yeah. And she then she said, said that we she said that we can't we can't start running voter education for BVR now because people will forget. Yes, she did um, say that. <gasps> and then <laughs> I still don't believe it. <gasps> Justice Makarao really like for me she's one of my favorites, but clearly what clearly kind of a, a judge woman human. God. Wow. Okay. okay. No, no, she's she's smoking that high grade Zanunya. It must be. <laughs> it must be. Clean. And then oh. we're also going to talk about um Sekuruti Dimas. Yeah, guys, be kind. Your Amokoni, isn't he from your area? He's my uncle, you guys. Oh really? Yes, legit my uncle. uncle. Yes, my legit uncle. And you're Kwama Koni, Kantidmas. Sorry, I feel bad, sorry. Sorry, Zabo. Uh maybe she can explain to us how out in the cold he actually is, ka. <laughs> it's not even the cold. All I'm saying is it's dark and hell is hot. Wow. <laughs> it's time to, um, come, back, so, to come home. So do you want to get started on the Zek or should yes. we... Um, well, I don't know. Now we've... <laughs> Stirred up. Because we're already on Didymus. We might as yeah, well, we might as well start with Didymus. So um, uh-huh. early on then in the week, I think it was yesterday or the day before, there was an article in the Herald that said uh, where Comrade George Taramba was speaking on uh, Didmas Mutasa, and he was saying that, you know, apparently Didmas Mutasa went to the vice president's office because he wanted to seek an audience with the president. Um, you know, it's it, it feels like one of those situations at home. You know, when you're asking <laughs> your dad, you want to ask to go out, but you have to go through your mom because you can't go straight <laughs> to your dad. So it feels like, you know, Didmas was like, ah, let me find a, a soft target and then that person will um, approach the president for me. And Comrade George Charamba says, um, hey, look, if he wants to come back, all he has to do is come straight through and see the president, you know. They, they, they've been homies a long time and uh, there's nothing wrong. There's no bad blood. Um, all he has to do is come through. The president is open to seeing him. Uh, and, you know, people blew that up. They said uh, if he's looking for an audience, uh, it clearly means that things on the outside are tough. In fact, Comrade Charamba actually did say mm-hmm. that. You know, that uh, outside of ZANU-PF, it's not rosy. So we understand. How are the rest of us making it work <laughs> outside? Exactly. How, is how, are we, how are we figuring it out? <laughs> I, you see, I can't, I can't speak for that because I've been labeled paid ZANU-PF Twitter. Mm. So clearly, I'm... Yeah, you're not, so yeah, you're I'm not looking at the wrong guy. Pics, Chris, Pardon me? 
And you're not even sharing those pages under Twitter checks, man. I know, man. <laughs> listen, listen, I can't be buying ad space on our platform. But <laughs> but yeah, on a serious no, note, I, I completely understand. I mean, yeah, how are the rest of Zimbabweans actually, you know? How are, how are the rest of Zimbabweans making it? What, you know, the tax paying, because there's a difference these days between the tax paying, according to those 2.2 million jobs, the taxpayers and the non-taxpayers. How are the rest of us making it work? How are we putting food on the table and paying bills? He must figure it out. He left. That's the end. That's harsh, hey? It's also... I think for me, kind of the, the, the problem wasn't so much in indigenous' uh, strife, which um, for all intents and purposes, with no respect afforded, is, is deserved um, based on his history. Um, I'm just more, I'm always shocked at the level of arrogance of those that are still in, in Zano. You, you, it's almost a tacit acknowledgement that there's some sort of you know, gourmandizing or eating mm. that it occurs in Zanu when you say, yes, it's cold outside of Zanu, it's cold out there in, in the open as if that once you're in Zanu, it's the automatic means to make money. Um, it's warm. And this is a, almost an open acknowledgement. I think for me, this is very problematic. It's always it's always shocking that we've gotten to a point that it's it's so accepted that once you're in Zanu, you're going to make money, whether you deserve to make money or not or whether you're doing anything that makes money or not. Um, and that's that for me is just like, I always, like, I always get taken aback at that really. Like, geez, like the, the level of, of impunity, they don't care. <laughs> they can say it. We eat. Well, and, and we just sit back and just... Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, so they that's, can do what they want. But I agree with you because it speaks a lot to the way our state is structured in terms of being in versus being out. But I also think that the politics of patronage needs to end. And it actually has to end with that older generation, because if it doesn't end with them, then psychology, and then we'll have a new crop of people who want to be on the inside to make money, whether or not they deserve it, whether or not they've done anything for their constituencies, whether or not they've even developed the country, they'll just make money. So it has to stop somewhere. For me, what, what, what's really the problematic is that this person was a minister at some point. They've been in government, <clears throat> benefited from the land reform program, benefited from all these you know um, things that happen in government, and yet they failed to make something of themselves to the point that when they are out, you know, they can still survive. Mm. It, it's, it's telling of the the culture of people that mm. is at the top there and probably why we are in this situation that we are in today. Because mm. if, if a lot of them could survive on the outside, then, you know, I it would make sense or at some point they can just, you know, go and quit. For yeah. example, Nkosana Moyo, um, well, though he wasn't ZANU-PF, but he went into government, he saw it wasn't working and he left and he could survive on the outside. That's a, that's a whole that's different... That's not the story no, no, no. that's yeah, that's not there, the story, Of course. <laughs> but... Yeah. But... <laughs> But I'm just saying that, you know, these people have no livelihoods outside of government, outside of ZANU-PF. And it's very sad. And I completely agree that it needs to end, mm. which is why you need to have some sort of capacity for certain offices. Yes. Because if you don't, you're then going to um, perpetuate a culture yes. of just, you know, kind of when there's a budget for exactly. ministry things you're going straight to buying benzes mm -hmm. and then when you're out and your benz is repossessed and you uh, you don't even know kuti you know mote anguino service because everything's been done for you in government so it's very telling and it, it really needs to be highlighted mm. so that when we are looking for people to represent us these are some of the things that you then bring well, to, bring to the table and start to talk about and exactly. and question cuz i was going to say the next i don't hear the electorate asking anyone, even the newly, the new independent so-called ZANU-PF project candidates, how are you going to stop the politics of patronage? How are you going to make sure that instead of, I don't know, maybe food assistance going to the 2.2 million people who are starving this year, you buy 300 cars? I read that headline a few weeks ago. 
government bought 300 cars and I was like, but we're asking donors to feed people. How does that make sense? So, listen, it just has to stop. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, the priorities are all wrong, but, you know, not to play devil's advocate, patronage will be there, whatever happens. Is we, all we ask for is, if, for me personally, as a, a pragmatist, all I ask for is efficiency. You know, if you're going to chow, chow, but at least get things done. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like Ivanka Trump was sitting on at, in Donald's seats during the G20. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, her husband is a member of the cabinet. That's that's. There's no clear sign, clear sign of patronage. If if Bona all of a sudden was sitting at the AU, like I would have a heart attack, honestly. Like you know, not taking anything. In fact, actually taking everything My away friend, from her. My friend, please don't board. please don't speak certain things into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're manifesting so, the future. <laughs> So you know, so so you know, like at least though in America, the average person on the streets doesn't have to worry about why Ivanka is sitting, because for now, we don't. I know. mean, look, I, I mean, they, <laughs> I I would like to believe that the institutions are strong enough that you know they really can't you know end up in the Zimbabwe situation anytime soon. But yes, of course, mm. I, I'll accept that for now. Mm. Um, <laughs> we'll see where they are in eight years. But that also um, boils down again to people power and people holding those institutions and whoever's in government accountable. Remember, after Trump was elected, there were marches against him even being elected. Where are the marches in Zimbabwe? Not even that. Where are the petitions in Zimbabwe? And fine, you can say people will be arrested, et cetera, et cetera. But there's other ways to protest. We're not exercising our rights. We're being quiet and complaining on Twitter. I agree. I mean, <laughs> you know what? To, 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 it's true that there is a, a culture, and I always say, because I, in any, me and activism, I am one of those, you know, what's the end game? I'm mm. always about the end game. Mm. So there is that culture of apathy towards activism in this country because people, number one, you get tear gas. There was tear gas in the streets true. last week. Uh, there was, you know, um, water cannons in the streets last week and that was people who were taking a petition to Zek. Mm. So this is this kind of thing you're up against. In America it's completely different. You it can is. go out the streets, you can, you know, basically have a party, even riot mm-hmm. if you want, and you know, it will be contained in a certain way. So I think there is that. But really the for speaking about Didmas, just so that we don't digress too far, it really comes down to thinking about what kind of officials we want mm. and asking them questions that bring out their nature and some of the important things that, you know, you can tell that, oh, wow, this person, Kanango Pinda, through in, um, conversation and interaction, you can tell that, ah, this person, chances are this person is going to go in and pillage and loot and, yes. you know, and um, take care of themselves and their exactly. family at the expense. So it's, I get that people have, you know, their grievances against ZANU-PF and that's fine. Mm. Um, of the candidates that they do support, I really want to stress that it's important to find out the kind of people and what it is that these people are going to do once they are in power. Um, it's all great. It's all good to say that, you know, we need to get the current government out for those who say it. That is your opinion. But you then also need to think as well about the government that you're going to put in place. Exactly. But we're not asking, I don't think we're asking the right questions. I think the media has been hijacked. By politics. So not even journalists, which are supposedly in a democratic system, supposed to hold the politicians accountable and be the watchdog, quote unquote, are asking the right questions. For instance, I attended a taping Vinicius show with Maim Juru. Yes. Where, you know, she's, she's saying a lot. She's using a lot of words, but she's not saying anything of substance. Who's this? Maim Juru. Oh, okay. There was no substance. Watch the interview. Was there any substance? Was there any real substance where you could walk away and be like yeah you know what i feel like she stands here on this issue she stands here on health she stands here on education she stands here on um i don't know the fiscus whatever it is you, you know me and my juru were not yeah because i saw something on twitter today where she was like um i'm sorry we stole the election or oh, the rigging one we rigged the election and we were corrupt and i'm sorry can we and move on like, though? No, no, no. what they think they did was 
<laughs> was what? Yeah, you said? No, and then that's when she's talking about the by-election in Chiwundura or whatever. Yeah, you see, now this is the thing is that if you genuinely say that you are sorry because you rigged the election and you were corrupt, then go to the police station and report that, hey guys, I'm turning myself in because Inini, I, I, I helped rig an election and I was corrupt and this is how I was corrupt. Coming out and saying, I'm sorry, is not, I mean, really honestly and truly speaking, that's not uh, an act of contrition. You're not sorry. Because if you were sorry, you would repent for your sins in the proper way. She needs to fire her communications person. Because the narrative... She needs there, to fire herself. She just <laughs> needs to leave. No, she doesn't need to fire herself. Because listen, Mayim Juru did how many star rallies um, in 2013? So she's, she's got enough brand recognition for her to be able to be a, you know, a sizable contender. My problem is that the way her camp is communicating is poor. You're saying you want to be the next president, but you're apologizing for what the current government, which you are no longer a part of, is doing. So then show me that you want to be the next president. Stop apologizing. Because what you need to do then is separate yourself completely from that camp and say, ah, you know, and then you start to talk about the issues <laughs> of the largest electoral. That's what you need to do. That's exactly what you need to do. And you say, ah, my my monocles old Zimbabwe. That's yes. I see. I see you dishing out all my the free advice today. Ah. <laughs> because I'm tired. I need the election to be more interesting than what it currently is. I'm tired. I'm tired of Morgan's. It's my right for you to vote for me if you're not going to vote for Zanu PF. I'm tired of Ngosana Moyo's. Yes, I have new ideas. Show me where. Show me where. Because when you were faced with a challenge, you walked away. That for me isn't ballsy enough. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> okay, so we, mm. we've digressed a bit, but I just yeah. want to come to when you were faced with the challenge, you walked away. Yes. Right? What, what would you have expected him to do? I would have expected him to stick it out and to put on his boxing gloves and fight because this is what these people know. Fight. For sure, and they fought, right? These are the same people who said we died for this country. And you think they're going to sit across from the table from you and have a pleasant discussion where people take minutes and then it's going to be enacted in a policy. Because this is not the state of our country currently, is it? There you go. Fair enough. Um, I, I agree with that point, but I think that it's pro- perhaps more pertinent for, for, for my Mujuru than it is from Kosana. Because, you know, if, if, if she had left the ZANU under the auspices of she had publicly been attacking the system and publicly been attacking Zanu and saying these things while she was there and then had been subsequently kicked out, then she would have a m- much more respect from anyone and everyone, you know, than, than we do. But she was kicked out. Mm. out after having kept her mouth silent and kept quiet in, in the face of all these accusations while she was there. So, you know, she definitely has, has less fight than Kosana. You know, Kosana did what was good for him at the time. And I don't think he was even that high-ranking in the party to to be able to. He wasn't to, even in the party. He wasn't in the party, and he was, but he, he was, was ap- appointed by the president. What bigger hand do you yeah, need but you, than that? Okay, no, but you know the thing is, you also see that, like you mentioned, these guys came from the war. These are mm. Magandanga, like true, exactly. and he's a corporate. Like you know, he he's a scientist first, and then he went to become a corporate. He's he's not about that, you know. So he's and, soft. And even now, and even now, if you look at his. Uh, campaign or the way he launched it didn't for me it didn't have that you know i am i'm here to be your leader Mm. you know like alien invasion type thing take me to your leader (laughs) (laughs) if he he was the guy i'd honestly think twice right now about taking the aliens to him because then honestly truly and speaking truly speaking we'd be you know that would be the end of us but so I don't know. We're gonna have him on the show sometime um, again, and we'll, soon, yeah, yeah actually, sometime soon, and, and and maybe we'll invite you actually to come <laughs> to through as well to ask <laughs> to tell him that. <laughs> but um, um, speaking about elections, but, yeah, we mentioned Zek, and uh, you know Zek has been at the center of a lot of controversies because BVR guys, it's not coming. Let me just put it out there right now. There will be no biometric. Are you are you speaking as are you speaking as Christopher Farai? I'm speaking as Christopher Farai Charamba. As... I'm speaking in my own personal capacity. After looking at the situation at hand right now, uh, you know, if they pull it off, then kudos to them. But as things stand, mm, uh, the way they're dragging their feet, I don't know. I don't know. 
But um, yeah, they say they so, need two hundred and seventy-four million dollars to conduct the election. Run the next election. Does yes. the fiscus have it? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. But the two point two million we're still people paying are paying bon- taxes. We're still paying bonuses from last year. True. In parts. Yeah. In parts. So we add dollar and then next week another dollar. You see. You know. This election is lost already. I don't know why we're even talking about it. I see it. <laughs> That's very nihilistic, uh, but no, it's I true. Refuse, I see I it. To, I refuse to accept. I refuse to accept that um, that attitude. I think that this election, do whatever happens. But anyway, back to this Zek two hundred seventy four million dollars. I just would want to put in context the the British. Um, referendum um which was there which is larger as a larger election pretty much than their last election um, only needed 185 million um US dollars um about 142,000 million pounds or something like that um to run so somehow our election is going to cost more than a referendum of a country with our last election cost um 132 million that was the 2013 election but contrast that with kenya mm. which recently announced that their election which i think is next year as well it's going to cost a billion dollars isn't kenya this year How, but is kenya is the larger country isn't it yeah yeah so is well, so, I is, suppose, the, so yeah. is the uk no but i suppose if you if you um, but the per capita spend yeah per capita spend yeah that's so, but it's I don't high. Know, yeah. yeah it's very high that's what I, that's what I'm anyway the you know what I, the, I, amount I, is, the amount is staggering but personally I think that they they're asking for this money knowing that they won't be able to get it and then you immediately have a an excuse for failure to perform certain things so if they say oh we didn't manage to do voter education or we didn't manage to register everyone they immediately have a scapegoat and they will say, well, we weren't given the money we asked for, the money that we had budgeted for. Um, so I think it's, a, you know, Rita, despite uh, her comments, is smart enough to realize that you need some sort of scapegoat. And for me personally, I, I may sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I think it's, a, it's, an, it's an intelligent move to just put the number out there. And if they can't get it, which they won't or won't be likely to get it, then, you know, they'll have an excuse as to why the election was run poorly. You know what, rather than mm. give us a number, I'd like for them to tell us what the amount is going to be used for. So if you say she 200... Said, no, she said a, allowances. I saw on, in the news day. Oh, really? said, she said we want to buy allowance, we want to pay people allowances, voter education, and voter registration. No, no, no. But is there a breakdown of how that money is going to be Why used? would they give you a breakdown? You see, so this is exactly what I'm trying to see. Is mm-hmm. we, because if you, if you say that... Um, of 274 million and we couldn't do voter education because uh, we didn't get the amount. How much was that amount? Mm. Um, if you are using 10 million on allowances where you could have cut that to 5 million and taken that 5 million to the voter education, you see, that's where, you know, it then becomes a little bit more, we get to understand a lot more. There's nothing wrong with saying 274 million if you can justify where exactly the money is going and give a breakdown of where those amounts are going to be spent. So that's, you know, that's what I'd, I'd like uh, Zek to provide us with. I will, in my own capacity, try to hound down those details. Um, Why don't Justice you guys Ma- interview her? Justice Makarao. Yeah. She's a very good she's, friend of she's, mine. She's, but Bring she, her on. But no, but she doesn't she's like... She's media shy. Yeah, she doesn't like to, ah, to do shem, these things because shem. she knows. <laughs> she There's knows. holes in her story. She knows. <laughs> she knows. I think yeah. I think it's unfair to keep asking her to lie. I think as a hard she's a good But you know good what? Person, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, you know, let me be sympathetic to Zek in the sense that there's only so much they can do because at the end of the day they have to go to the government for money, they have to go to the justice ministry for, you know, for certain things in the acts to be made into laws and there's a whole bunch of stuff they have to put up with against the government. And even mate, mate. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Finish, so so finish. so you know, even if they are willing to do some of the things, which you know, I I can't speak for them and say they are, they are working with a government that doesn't want to that has said we won't reform ourselves out of government. So you you're you're yeah. you're already in a situation where it's a bit of a catch twenty two. 
I want Henry to say something. Zimbabwe Electoral Commission is an independent commission. Justice exactly. has the power to say and do as she pleases. If she doesn't think that the government is giving her enough support, she can sit down in front of the media and say this election will be a failure because the government is not giving me enough support. If she doesn't think that the electoral laws are in line with what an independent and free and fair election would be, she can say that as an independent body. She can even say, go as far as to say, we're going to look for funding elsewhere because the government has failed to give us this funding. They're an independent body. And the fact that she refuses and she constantly is falling under the justice ministry and under the Mudede, whatever, um, the Home Affairs Ministry, shows that she's not acting independently. And that's why the opposition has such a problem with her. Because she's not acting independently. If she was, these things wouldn't be an issue. So you, you, in your statement, you just said that the government has refused to reform itself see, out of power. See, she's I, in a position where she can't even be fired. She right? can't. She's one of those... One of those commissioners to fire, you'd have to to set up a tribunal to get her out of power. She's that not a presidential would be catastrophic appointee. to exactly. the government. Exactly, it would be catastrophic to the government. So if Rita went rogue today and said, "Look, guys, this is how we're going to run the election. We're going to sort these things out," and in fact, Zek also has delegated a legislative responsibility so they can change the electoral um, uh, uh, how the elections run. For example, things like um, like the the voter the proof of residence. Those things don't need to be legislated for. They can, Zek is the one that can determine what they want to accept as a registration, as proof of residence. It doesn't have to be legislated for because they already have power under the constitution to provide for their own conditions. So she's not doing that job and I would not allow her to hide behind the government. She can't hide behind the government. She's an independent commissioner, as you said, rightly. And it's very wrong for Zek to then pretend, because I read also that she asked the Justice Ministry for, what was it, permission to do something. How is it that an independent body is asking the Minister of Justice, who has a vested interest in the next election, for permission to run an election? That doesn't make sense at all. We have some serious uh, issues in this country, and a lot of them... No, and a lot of them. <laughs> no, no, no. I was so I was looking something up in the in the in the constitution with regards to the with regards to the electoral thing. So now I'm a bit confused. Yeah. Um, but I was saying that we have serious issues, and it stems from the fact that over the last 37 years or so, we've had this um, unholy relationship mm -hmm. between uh, ZANU PF, the government, and uh, state institutions. Yes. That a lot of the lines are blurred. A lot of the people are, for lack of a better term, it's very incestuous um, what, you know, takes place within these halls of, mm -hmm. of, 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 of governance. And I completely agree with both your sentiments that, you know, it's an independent commission in as far as that is how it is outlawed, uh, that is how it is laid out in the constitution, mm -hmm. and that is how it should operate. Um, and I think it was mentioned on this show that you know if she's not up to the task, she must step down. We all know that's not going to happen. No. So we uh, we honestly do hope though that Zek is going to make an effort to. <laughs> Science. Are you seriously you going to say that? that? No, no, Are you no. seriously you know going no, to no, say no, no, that? No, no, no. You know what? I completely agree that they should. And at this stage, I've said BVR for me, it doesn't look like it's coming. No. It honestly doesn't look like it's coming. And mm -hmm. this is just based on what I've seen from Zek. But we honestly, I honestly do hope that at some point, someone in, the, in that building is going to say, okay, but guys, you know what? Even if we're going to uh, have an unfair election, let's at least make it as close to fair as possible or whatever the situation might be. That there yeah. is some sort of that there is some sort of credibility because at the end of the day, if there is no credibility in the election, even if people then say ZANU PF won and we go forward the next five years with that ZANU PF government, everyone else looking in is not going to want to touch us because of the fact that elections were seen to not be credible. It's it's but it's, the twenty thirteen so, so election had some sort of credibility. It, it did. Didn't, it didn't have the, full credibility. There were questions. There yes, were issues. Of course, yeah. But it had because for me that's exactly the problem. Some sort of credibility. Our standard is low. It should yeah, be I free, fair, and credible. Though that's actually the criteria. I, so, there's so, no so, some think, sort. I there's think, no you I know. There's no gradations. So, so let me just let's let me just ask a question. If we get to 2018, 
and the situations are not free-free and credible. Then they need to postpone the election. That's it's actually as simple as that. She needs to say, you know what, guys, at Namari, we haven't even registered enough voters for us to have a credible election. So we're extending. So oh, we're we, going to have it in 2019 or 2023. So, so we end up with you a, put us in you put in a constitutional crisis. You so put exactly. Me, yeah, I'm so, an anarchist. Guy. So you so you put us in a yeah, in a situation that that the Congo is facing right now. Where you know Kabila has extended his term. Yes. You Listen, know, I'd rather have a credible opinion. election than not. Because you know, with, with, um, we're, we're still going to have the same situation prevailing with some sort of credibility where we still have a ZANU-PF government in place. So either way, we're going to have a ZANU-PF government in place. But our standard for credibility and for free and fair should not be... Well, you know, it shouldn't be a gray area. It's black and white here. Because these are numbers that we're talking about. It's not about my feelings. It should be free, fair, credible. Constitutional crisis be damned. Because you know what? People are so scared of constitutional crises. People are so scared of, oh, when these guys. No. How about we go there and we see what happens? Henry, you have something um, to say? I think that if you've been paying attention to the media and you've seen the recent um, utterances by parents here and Constantine. Uh, um, Guvea, Chuenga, uh, Constantino, us, Constantino. Constantino. If you, if you, if you, the danger of a constitutional crisis is not a is not a, a civilian one; it's a military one, and they want that. Do they? That's what they want. Do they? They want that because they get to hide behind the civilian government and do whatever they want. No, they, they, these, they, these, they um, exactly get to do that. They you, very much are hiding I, behind I, the civilian government. I would government. take, I would take Mugabe a thousand times over Constantino. Constantino is, yeah. And um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's another debate. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, real, realistically speaking, I don't understand why ZANU-PF itself doesn't realize that this is whatever happens. This is Mugabe's last term. Uh, they're eating like 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 mabroila, you know. I don't. I, we <laughs> farm, you were one girl who when my mother said even from the grave. We, we farm we farm pigs. We farm pigs in Mbrewa there. And, you know, you have to be very careful with pigs because with pigs, if you give them five kilos of food, they'll eat five kilos of food and and shit out four four <laughs> kilos. So you need to give them just two kilos because that's all they really need to eat. Whereas Zanu PF is eating like a like a pig at a trough with unlimited food, mm. just eating, eating and eating like 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 it's going to slaughter. And that's how I genuinely feel about why they're being so reckless with this. There's no voice of reason within the party right now because it's almost like they all see the end of the gravy train, whatever happens. And you know, if if I, realistically, I even Chinamasa knows, Chinamasa knows if this election doesn't go and isn't accepted internationally, then his all his efforts at the IMF, all his efforts of international reengagement, which have been somewhat, you know, successful, are, are going to go to shit. So I don't know why he would allow his party to do this. But I disagree with you that they see the end of the gravy train. The factional, quote unquote, the fashion, the factional wars. Are, are a symptom of the fact that there's a plan in place for what happens after Mugabe. And it's now about who's going to be in charge after Mugabe, whether or not it's said, whether or not it's even acknowledged. That is what is happening in Zanopiev right now. But, but the, will the factional wars not then end up with a situation where um, you split the party completely? And was, is that party able to sustain itself beyond... Um, Mugabe, in terms of what's then going to happen with whatever new contenders come up or whatever old contenders they are, are they going to be able to get the 2 million votes that Mugabe got in 2013? Are they going to be able to control the state institutions at the level that which this Mugabe regime has been able to do so? I think whoever takes Never. the military will be able to do that. Because those states... I was reading... Um, Miles Tendi yes. wrote this... Is wrote is publishing this book on General Mujuru. Mm -hmm. So there's this chapter about when these guys come back from the war. And, you know, it was really controversial back then because there were some, um, I want to say guerrillas, there were some soldiers who didn't show up in the camps because they were those, um, what are they called? Those disarmament camps where you yeah. had to surrender your weapons and so forth. And like Zapasi. Exactly. Yeah. And come out of war mode and get back mm -hmm. into civilian mode. There were some who didn't do that. Those were the ones who are now our war veterans today, 
right? They went and set up the structures because what they were doing was then setting up the structure for the first election in 1980. So that, at the time they called it, what is it, education and mobilization, mm -hmm. where you teach the people the slogans, you teach them why they need mm -hmm. to vote for ZANU-PF, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Those structures still exist, yeah, but that's a military that, structure. Yeah, and that, that structure was part of um, what then came into force in 2008 yes. after the first election exactly. before the runoff election. Exactly. Yeah. So whoever takes the military, because it's a paramilitary-ish. Yeah, but the thing is, those structures are dying. Are they? The, well, the, the people... Because we have 16-year-old war vets. What's that about? No, but you see, the thing is, are those people actual loyal enough to the party and individuals. So I, I completely understand that. But you see, with the war veterans, these guys actually went to war. They experienced the mm -hmm. harshness of war. These guys were together in Chimoyo. They were together in um, Gagao and mm -hmm. all these places. You know, they. So it's you can, because you can relate to them, you can appeal to those sentiments. To say, And once you've said that to, to any of them, They'll completely understand. That's never going to happen. Like sleeper cells. Yeah, <laughs> you see, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So now these yeah. these sixteen year olds, do they have the the same um, sentiment or the same values that these people had? Where you know you, these people literally slept in trees because they were hiding from you know shellings and all sorts of things. I don't think the 16-year-olds yeah. have But I think that. you can pass think, it down. And I think you're playing politics of the stomach now. Yes. Because what the 16-year-olds know is that it, it's much like the current campaign for elections. They're handing out parcels of land. They're handing out food assistance <laughs> for free. Yeah, but so now it's politics of the stomach. And whoever controls the military controls the resources, essentially. So... For me, my money is on the faction that goes with the, the guys who are talking to Chiwenga, the guy who rolls with Chiwenga. My money is on him. But my, my, I think we, we perhaps might um, have it backwards is, is which faction is the military controlling? Because I don't think that the, 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 the civilian politicians, besides Mugabe and maybe his vice president, Emerson, have any sway over the actual military. I don't think Kazugwere can tell the military anything. I don't think... You I know, think you guys assume the military has guys, a lot more power than it has. And I, because I think the military, I know for a fact, the heads of the military aspire to be leaders of a civilian government at some point. Because they must, according to our constitution, there's a general of the army, but there's a commander-in-chief. And so if you've been the general, ah, but now you want to be commander-in-chief, right? So you're That's assuming that the military has a lot earlier. more say than it really, really does. It's the, arm, it's the fist, but it's not the brain. Yeah, but... Um, you see, oh, I think where we've sort of moved into, into ZANU factionalism. <laughs> we, we have. We have. Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. I'm, I'm just interested to know, Kuti, you know, you said that the factionalism is, you know, a result of, of you know, there being some sort of plan or whatever afterwards. But I sort of see it personally, and I think this is an ultimate view, is that the reason that there is factionalism is that like any other um, human instinct, when there's a scarcity of resources, people that would generally be cooperating otherwise begin to work against each other. And I think that is what you're seeing with, with factionalism, is that things are winding down, particularly with Mugabe's patronage, is that he's probably giving his kids more, his wife more power than, than before. And the, the rush for power is because the access to power is, is becoming more controlled and trickling down. I think that's for me, that's why there, there's an existence of factionalism. Mm. Not because there's an abundance of it, but because there's a lack of the resource. So, we've digressed quite a bit. <laughs> and I think it's only prudent that we bring it back to somewhere. Um, <laughs> because we can back speak to Game of Thrones. You know what? The thing is, we can speak about factionalism <laughs> the whole episode. Like, and it's something that occurs so much. Um, 
And uh, there's another question I wanted to ask. But it will digress us further, so I'm not going to go there. Mm. She also said, my uh, Rita Makarao, Justice Rita Makarao, also said um, two things. One of it was that women, it, it would, it, to deal with proof of uh, residence, you have to bring a proof of residence. And somebody asked, you know, what about women? And she said, um, well, uh, they can go and get a letter from their husbands. She also said we're not starting voter education until, um, no, because people will forget. Um, I mean, those are very lazy arguments. Actually. Well, what there's, about those of us with no husbands? What it? How, how am I supposed to register to vote if I don't have a husband? You go to your father? <laughs> I don't know. I my mean, father is late. See, I, see, what, what no, am no, I supposed, no, no. I, so what, now I must ask my brother? To confirm that I'm 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 a human being, I have I'm a citizen of this country. It it makes absolutely no sense. This is why I said, what kind of a woman? Like honestly, it makes absolutely no sense. I don't get aside. You know, it's not even just uh, women. It's 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 deeper to the fact that it it goes into how patriarchal the society mm. is. That even the thought of it that you say you must go and ask your husband. What if you and your husband vote or belong to two different political parties? Then there he's going go. to deny you the right to vote because, you know, he doesn't want you to vote for whatever political party. The fact that they don't see these things... You're making the problematic it too deep. It, uh, what if Tatuka Namba Medu? And we're not talking... <laughs> What if it's just actually <laughs> as simple as that? One so, that are small house, Tatuka, now we're not talking. And you refuse to give me an affidavit. Just, so what happens to the small house, actually? You know, she gets the affidavit. <laughs> dear my Ningi. Who writes the Dear my Ningi, she's now my husband. Matengaga. <laughs> and who, then? Who writes the affidavit for the husband? No one. Ka. No one. Yeah. But the assumption is the husband owns property. Yes. And she should have taken. She should have said that instead of ask your husband for it, because that's actually the thing that insulted me the most. We're talking about property and ownership of property to mm. prove where you live, mm -hmm. so that they can put you in a district, right? Yeah. So that they can say, okay, you're voting for this MP. That I understand. But this whole husband story, on the other hand. So then, put it in those terms. If you don't own property, if you don't get a bill in your name. Then these are because it's not just women who are affected. It's youth who don't own property. Yes, that's true. For instance, it's the homeless who don't own property. It's people kumarua who have a sabuku who, for whatever reason, doesn't feel like writing you an affidavit that day, who are not able to prove that they are resident somewhere. So it's not, you know, the issue. It, I'm insulted because I'm a woman, but really, it affects the large, the vast majority of our populace. You know. Um I believe, I'm, I'm not too sure on the details, but they did say that you can get an affidavit there where you are registering on the day. Again, the problem we face with ZEC, with all our government institutions, is that they have terrible, terrible, terrible communication. They actually don't know how to communicate. And it's very sad because there's an entire ministry that is dedicated towards these uh, issues. No, it's not. Well, <laughs> no, on, on paper. To ka, communicate. On paper. Ka, ah. On paper. <laughs> okay. There's a on ministry paper. of communication. Of information. There's, no, there's a ministry of information, ka, media and Who's broadcast. the permanent secretary? <laughs> <laughs> well, my personal guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> there might be a problem at the permanent secretary level. Because <laughs> uh, my personal. Oh, wow. I'm not getting into that one because I, it's, I must, I still need a roof over my head. But and, actually, uh, I need to ask then, yes. why isn't it the Ministry of Information's duty, because they have an allocated budget, to do voter registration, to do, sorry, voter education? No, because Zek is an um, Indian. No, uh, no, you don't want to conflate. I, I would even refuse that one. Really? because No, no, no. I would, no because I because we, don't have, we don't have, a, because Zek is an independent commission, as we've mentioned, the ministry is run by a ZANU-PF government. But so, under the direction of Zek, so Zek would then have the responsibility no, of approving the materials, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, what, like uh, how we work in NGO no, land. What, what, I, what I could um, say mm. is that... Uh, if there is a shortage of funds in this 274 and ZEC doesn't get it, then the Ministry of Information can allocate a part of its budget to ZEC. So send a transfer, a bank transfer, <laughs> that's all we need, RTGS, from them to ZEC. Otherwise, for them to actually be involved in running the education, I mean, I mean. 
Let's let's look at Okay, let's it was a ridiculous at, let's, question. Let's look at some uh-huh. of the things that they have under them. They have ZBC. <laughs> <laughs> so nonpartisan there. You see, so, so let's let, let me not even let I, me not I even hear continue. what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But in terms of because the the spend when you're doing an education campaign, the spend is in creating the materials, yes. which is maybe twenty percent of your budget. And then the vast majority of your budget is buying airtime, advertising space, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm which the Ministry of Information controls. Yeah, which Does is... It not? So you're saying, no, definitely they can give them access to resources in as there far as ZBC would be told that ZEC is... But I would prefer it if ZEC is the one that's giving programming to ZBC. Not well, so then ZEC gets ZBC. the 20%. So from that 274, let's assume that maybe 30 million was for voter education, right? Yeah. So then instead of spending 30 million, they're now spending maybe five to create whatever it is, the advert, the the whatever. And then the Ministry of Information's resources are dedicated towards that. No, that that's fine. Mm-hmm. As long as it's in a financial capacity, mm-hmm. then I'm okay with it. But mm-hmm. when it comes to taking yeah. over the responsibilities mm-hmm. of voter education, then I it, look, it's 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 already we have a partisan government, so it do, it won't work. Well Zek itself is can not independent. So, you know. Can I ask? Apples sorry, oranges, I know this yeah. is gonna this is gonna sound like a really stupid question, but I think that for my own sake and for maybe our listeners, what exactly is voter education? Like, what are they being educated about? Like, it seems like what exactly? Like, what are they doing? So, is my question is because I think a lot of these terms that we talk about voter education, maybe people wouldn't understand the practicalities of what it actually is and why it's important. Because someone will tell you, but you go to the polling station and you vote. What what education do you need? So I think there's certain things that need to be covered. Is what is a vote? How do you vote? How do you um, once you've understood that a vote, your vote is your secret. How do you protect that? What are some of the things that you need to ensure that you can vote? Um, uh, what are the people? What are you voting for? So if it's a councillor, an MP, and whatever, what are the functionaries of these people? in in terms of your voting for those are some of the basic things that i think people need to be educated on um because you know it's 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 very a lot of misinformation can be out mm-hmm. there and if there are no you know universal standards or universal there's no universal knowledge or place where you can direct someone to a universal knowledge that is not run by a political party or by a civil society organization or somebody who is um, has a vested agenda. Mm-hmm. If there isn't, you know, just one place where people can get clear information on what it is, then you can uh, end up with quite a lot of problems. But I think the the aspect of voter education focuses more on the mechanics and not on the reasons why we vote, which I think is why a lot of people understand, misunderstand even the purpose of elections. It's 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 a little bit like a who do you like better? It's like a popularity contest, right? Mm-hmm. Morgan. Robert, who's your favorite? But it's not explaining to you that this has a long-term impact on how you even live, on your livelihood, on your you know ability to access healthcare, education, basic sanitation, and so forth. And that, I think, is where we are missing in voter education and what needs to be, and I agree with you, it does need to be taken. Even from ZEC, there actually needs to be a completely separate body, maybe as part of the education system, where you teach people about what kind of... Uh, state we're trying to create and what the purpose of voting is within that state because there's so much focus on voting voter registration why you should vote your voters your secret assisted voting etc but why are we even voting so what needs to happen is there needs to be civic education exactly and uh i think there is room for that used to be a class in in, isn't that used to be a subject didn't it no no it was never a subject Not, not not in my school not in my school Oh, right. <laughs> Where did Maybe. you go to school okay. <laughs> where they taught you civics? <laughs> I want to I send my to son. <laughs> ah, so, yeah. so it's fine. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, actually civic Moving education on. yeah, no, but civic education, to, that's where jobs psychology. can be created. And uh, <laughs> psychology. Our good <laughs> psychology friend. Psychology should also be a subject of um, <laughs> You know what, he's, know. he's meant to come. I honestly, you know, he's dodging me right now, but I'll, I'll hound him down and bring him onto the show. 
And uh, after that Sapiens thing, I doubt he wants to be near the media. Hey? No, he loves it. Hey? The the attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now when people are then asking him questions no, that he, he must answer. It. No, he loves it because he will he come out. It. He loves it because he will come out and he'll arrogantly defend himself and make you all seem as if you are stupid. Yes. I was there. <laughs> I did. I felt stupid. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know Were you one of the ones laughing? At him. No, actually you know what I had clapping. <laughs> no, you know what, Henry? Let me tell you, I was there and I actually laughed because it I couldn't compute the fact that somebody would actually say that. Like it it didn't make sense to, to sit there and say let for me those that haven't seen the video, uh, what does he say? Yeah, Please. so so he then says um uh on two point two million jobs, oh. right? Um Actually, I, I think I have it somewhere because I sent it to some. Yeah. So he says on 2.2 million jobs, right? Let me go through this. And I hope, and I'm saying, he says, I'm saying this on record. And I hope I'm saying this for the last time. We created, we said we we're going to create 2.2 million jobs. First, let's define what a job is. Your way. You can use the, jo- the word job in this way. I gave him a job to wash my clothes. That sentence is grammatically correct. We have created millions of jobs in the informal sector. In fact, we've exceeded the 2.2 million jobs. Now we are, we are over 3 million jobs. So he says, we did not say we are going to create 2.2 formal jobs. He just said jobs. Is that what That's Zim what, Asset says? No, no, no. It's not what they said. In Zim Asset, it's structured out. They've got manufacturing, mining, exactly. education. So he's playing semantics of, with the audience. Sex. Yes, no, he is. But that's the kind of person that he is. That's the kind of but thing it's not that he him. loves to do. It's not him. In May this year, the vice yes. president said the exact same thing. He did. He's, following the pa- he's following the factional line. <laughs> I won't even say the party <laughs> line. He's following the factional <laughs> line. He's like, because all he's doing is echoing what his senior said, and it of course. So there's nothing new about what psychology is saying. It's just as diabolical. Which, which it's just as nonsensical. Emerson Dambuzomnanga. The useless one or the useless one? Emerson Dambuzomnanga. I don't know which one that is. Dumb and dumber. <laughs> Guys, please don't say those things about our vice president. Actually, yeah, I'm nice. still in Zimbabwe. <laughs> have the luxury of being out there. That one that goes storming police stations is, is there. Yeah, no, that one. Ah, that, the, yeah, Jabba that one. The Jabba the Hutt. Is... You guys are mean. It but wasn't anyway, me. So, if they're looking for people after so, listening to this. No, but I, I completely agree. It's yeah. the party line. You know, they've, they've really... If you speak to some of them, they'll tell you we've also created seasonal jobs. Um, That's but, nonsense. But really, it... it if we're going to define what a job is, mm. right? There's certain things that is this job contributing to the fiscus? Is, exactly. is this job on um who's does it now? Does this it's job no pay passing. for the president's flight yeah, to is Singapore? It, is it paying taxes, but it's no longer passing? <laughs> My Bonyongwe is the chairman of Zimra. So is is My Bonyongwe when Zimra board sits down, is she checking to say, ah, this job, oh okay, Yagatipa Maria Gati so and this one and this one. If those jobs aren't doing that, then I'm telling you, these vendors that are out on the streets, I mean, honestly, you can't say that those people are, well, they do pay council taxes, of which council taxes then go to pay salaries of... Well, we know what council taxes do. They don't so, add to the fiscal No, they at don't all. at all. It's, yeah. you know, and that's a whole... Please do a show on that as well. <laughs> Ask the mayor so, to come and then the town clerk. <laughs> acting boxing, town clerk. Whatever. Yeah. With boxing gloves. Henry, you're going to say something? I, I'm weak, man. I'm actually weak. <laughs> no, you know, but you I know was... what? I've seen what the value of that job is. The ones they're saying that they've created. And it's the value is nonsense. It's zero. Because they still can't send whoever has one of those 2.2 million and three jobs. Has, can't send their child to school. Cannot feed their child. Cannot access healthcare. Cannot access education cannot access basic services. So, and, we created, because now it's just an electioneering, and, right? And the irony of it is that they don't see that what they say is true. They have created those jobs by being incompetent. 
by being so bad that someone with a degree or someone who has graduated is going to have to be forced to do anything that he can do to survive. They have created that job. To wash someone's they've created the influx. They've created the influx in prostitution because girls mm. tend to need to find a way to work. So they have created that. They've created Kukia Kia. They've created that. They definitely have created it. They're the ones that have led to this. So they have created it. And it's not incorrect to say it, but they think instead of being ashamed, instead of not being able to sleep at night, they take pride in it. Well, of course they do, because it keeps them entrenched. Because how else are you going to go with Masagay rice and say, I've brought you rice, vote for me. And that's your entire argument for why you should hold office. So Marshall is there at um, the SAPES thing and he says to psychology, um, watch out for coming back for the seat which you got for free. And, you know, this brings me to another point that just makes my blood boil is that this boycott that uh, the MDC put out in, in, you know, it's been such a colossal fuck up for lack of a better terms because it's 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 ended up with people like Mr. Lumumba is that true it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's ended up with people like psychology in in parliament to be fair honestly if they had put anyone else i honestly don't think that he would have gotten the chance to sit in parliament and you know whilst marshall uh, you know believes that they are taking back the seat and I honestly believe that the MDC can take back their seat. There's going to be a fight there. And it's, you know, once somebody's been in that position, it's not easy for them to let go. It's different from an outsider who's never held a seat before who's coming in. Now psychology is used to a certain lifestyle. He's used to a certain, you know... Um, incumbency. Incumbency, yes. yes. And he's definitely going to put up a fight for his seat mm. uh, in whatever way he can. So I really, I don't see the value in that boycott that, you know, but that's um, spilt milk, I suppose. No, uh, but it's, so it's, it's probably I don't know, it's I'll let you pay speak on it because that's a whole other episode. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was but if she say. wants to say something about it, she can tell us. Okay, it is a whole other episode yeah. because it's symptomatic of the poor strategy and tactics employed by the opposition beginning in 2008. I don't care what y'all say. Um that have failed to deliver the presidency to Morgan Shangirai. And they will continue because they too are arrogant. And they will continue to fail because, again, it's a crisis of arrogance in this country. So, yeah, man, that it is what it is. You know, the only, the only reason Morgan Shangirai is not president is Morgan Shangirai. Hey, guys. You know, 2008 was rough, hey? Oh, well. Anyway, yeah, you should have, you've already boycotted the election. There, yeah, go to Tonga it on it. Then you should have said, "Zuzanu Tonga it on it." Let's see. Go ahead. Wait here. Yeah. He had nothing to lose if he hadn't gone into the GNU. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with yeah. you. Yeah. I think he yeah. should have stood firm. Yeah, but he punked out and he walked away, and he will never, he'll never get that moment back as much as he tries to relive it, because unfortunately, that was the one that God gave him. And God doesn't do backsies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pray for forgiveness. Please don't say that. Because <laughs> there are a lot of things you'd like to take back. Huh? It's just <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things I'd like to take back. God, don't, God wow. does not do backsies. Uh, thank you so much, Upenyu, for being here. I think we've we've long exceeded our, our usual uh, go time. But, you know, the conversation was very good. And it was uh, a pleasure to have you here. I hope this... Uh, invokes other people in the group to come out and uh, share their thoughts and their views. We'll do I would want anyone else. She's fine. <laughs> she can just keep coming every week. Like, okay, so I'm, that's I'm it. I'm actually not joking. Eh? That's like, it. I'm not joking. We've, we've, <laughs> no more. No one after. We've shut it out. <laughs> that was it. Too. <laughs> we've covered all the bases. We've got a, <laughs> got a bit of diversity going on. But you can't call me diversity, yes. though. Diversity no. would be like a Caucasian... European person. Do you know if you listen back, uh, I think it's been a while since we've had a woman on this show. Ah, um, You so guys, you're so patriarchal no, yourselves. You see, no, no, no. As no, no, you no, point, no. Let me even say as this. you pointed the system. No, I, let me say this. Mm. It's very difficult to find women who like to talk politics. Um, 
Fadzai is there. Mahere. She's no, but she's now a political. Yeah, now we want to talk no, she's about now a politician. her. Right? No, 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 no. Aside from that, uh, she's a politician, and let's, we're definitely let's, going let's to invite her. Off, sure. Let's have this conversation <laughs> off air before, <laughs> okay. before you say something problematic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm always, I'm always ready to learn, unlearning, and learning new <laughs> things. We are always out for that. But thank you very much for paying you for being here. Where can people find you online if they want to, you know, pick your brain or pick a fight? Oh, please don't pick my brain. There's nothing there. Um, but you can find me ranting on Twitter at Upenyumakoni. At Upenyumakoni, yeah. Um, you can find me on all social media at Chris Charamba. Uh, oh, there's no H in front of Upenyu, please. Sorry, don't Upenyu. do that. Um, yeah, I hate that. Uh, and um, you can find me on all social media at Henry Beatty. My, my Snapchat is popping right now, guys. You should go and check it out. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I was about to say something, but let me, you know, just close off. Yeah, I can say, you know. He heard um, what I said. Yeah, you've been listening to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. Free to say it. Uh, free to do it. Bye. And now. And now. Capital 263.